So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Oh, yeah, get hyped. Put the coffee pot on, especially for me and Sid, but we are hyped. Hell of a SmackDown tonight. Rampage was I, but that's probably because I've seen it twice now. Uh, we'll get into all of that. Welcome in to another edition of Smack Talk here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Facebook channels. Rick Uccino, SP3, and the legend himself, Dutch Mantel, uh, with you guys for about the next hour or so, breaking down everything we saw take place at Madison Square Garden in New York and my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Big 12 Bound Bearcats, baby. Uh, that's why I'm uh, I'm celebrating today. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Uh, Dutch, how are you doing today, sir? I'm depressed. <laughs> Why? Why are you depressed? You're bragging on your Bearcats, and I can't say nothing about Clemson Tigers. Oh, oh you my can God. say plenty about Clemson. Just look back. I can, but they, they, they sucked last Saturday. The quarterback is six foot five, acted like he'd never seen a football before. And when he should have ran, he just stood there and they sacked him seven times. Hell, I could beat that. I don't know. Sid, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I had a fun three hours of professional wrestling. I got to see two great matches on the night, a uh, couple of fun segments, a really, a really good uh, opening. I would say first hour of uh, SmackDown was amazing. Yep. Then And SmackDown overall was the best WWE TV show of the year. So this is one week where I can say easily it was a 10-8 round for SmackDown over Rampage, but... Rampage was still uh, pretty solid itself, so can't complain about any of the wrestling I saw tonight. Yep, nope, I can complain about what we didn't see tonight, and I will. We'll get to that. <laughs> but we're going to get to that. That is what we in the business call a tease. But we do appreciate everybody who has uh, joined the show here uh, late on the East Coast, uh, 11.07 uh, right now. Make sure to get your comments in. We got plenty of them uh, pouring in uh, right now. We will get to uh, as many as uh, possible. And I know and send Doug us some super chats. Especially oh, yes. you, Ozzy, you, Ozzy, yes. who wants to always make fun of uh, Rick's bangles and ask him to wear a suit. We want to see those super chats. Bengals are going to be one and zero after Sunday. It's going to be a good weekend. I got a, I got a good feeling. The Reds won tonight. I, I got a good feeling about this weekend. I really, really, really do. I'm just worried about my fantasy team being one and zero. That's all <laughs> I'm worried about for Sunday. Oh man! All right, enough football chat. Let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, you know Rampage being uh, entertaining tonight. Uh, Richard thought it was an okay show. Are you talking about SmackDown or Rampage? Please be uh, specific. Uh, Ozzy says uh, hi uh, to myself, Dutch, and uh, and Sid. 
and uh, Ozzy talking about the Buccaneers and whatever. Ozzy also saying that Seth Rollins messed up big time. We will get to that. But I want to talk about uh, Seth Rollins' uh, old uh, cohort, uh, Roman Reigns, who opened up the show tonight. Reigns, the Usos, Paul Heyman, the bloodline coming down to the ring. Roman standing in there, taking a little subtle shot there, Sid. Says WWE owns New York City. Uh, says he runs WWE, which means he runs New York. He runs Madison Square Garden. Uh, and you know what? The crowd was into it. We got a big Roman Reigns chant going on tonight. And then Brock's music hits. And then all hell breaks loose. All Brock Lesnar had to do tonight was walk down to the ring, look tough as hell, grab the mic, and go, Hey, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? And then Paul Heyman looked like he needed a change of pants. Uh, it was, it was <laughs> Once again, Paul Heyman was an MVP of this show tonight for every segment that he was in. And, you know, Paul... He, he gets the microphone, you know, he, he tries to weasel his way, you know, into the good graces of, of Brock Lesnar. And when it looked like uh, Roman was going to leave him there, you're thinking maybe we're going to get this split. It ends up with Brock uh, throwing up Heyman like he's going to give him an F5. Roman actually makes the save. Then the Usos, of course, get their ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. A lot going on here. A lot of questions. Entertaining as hell, though, Dutch. I mean, if you want to start uh, off the show and make it feel special, that's that's how you do it. This is the type of angle where you can sit back like we do and talk about where it could go and where it will end up. That is a good angle because then you make the fans. They do your thinking. So when Brock Lesnar came down there, and we knew he was coming because he said last week he was going to show up. Yep. And, uh, and I will say that Paul Heyman is the glue that yes. holds all. I mean, you don't have to be – you can watch it like a movie – but he's the glue to it all. And when he said, hey, why didn't you tell uh, Roman I was, uh, I was there? And that was it. Because that's, he just rolling over on him and throwing him under the bus. And, but still, I am still torn which way he's going to go. So that's the, beauty. that's the beauty of it. Because when you stop and think about it, will he stay? Will he go with Brock? Will he go with Roman? Which is, it leaves it up in the air, which is a great angle. Great. Sid, what did you think about it tonight? Paul Heyman is just superb because his <laughs> facial expressions, oh, my God, he was killing it with the facial expressions. Just when Brock says that, he has this look of, like, fear, and then he looks at Roman, and it's like Roman gives – Ray Roman had excellent facial expressions looking at him like his heart was broken and, like, give me back my title, and then just walks out the ring, and then uh, Brock Lesnar – and then – like on a dime, Paul Heyman was just like, "Okay, so I guess I'm not with Brock." Let's see, ladies and gentlemen, for 20 yep. years I yep. have been the advocate of the reigning, defending WWE World Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar. It was just great stuff from that opening segment, and very much like Dutch said, it got you excited for what's to come, and that this is going to be a longer build. And I like how it, it put everything together, where you know WWE or has already announced the main event 
for Extreme Rules. And you're kind of wondering the whole light because they're focusing on this Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns story, but that's not the main event for Extreme Rules. So it was like, how are they going to get you back on the path to that big show? And they did it by the end of the night. But this right here got, got me very much interested into the whole Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. His selling was on point with the with the super kicks and then just, uh, you know, shrugging it off and laying out the Usos. And he looked amazing. He looked like a, oh, he badass, did. He did a badass farmer who just got off of killing a couple of uh, deer and then <laughs> goats. came, came goats just with his hands. Out. <laughs> came to smack down the cause of ruckus, and that's what he did. And the New York crowd was electric for Roman, electric for, for Brock Lesnar, electric for Paul Heyman's interaction with both guys. I have never thought my 2017-2018 self is like, how are you praising a Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar feud right now? But I am because just changing <laughs> their changing their roles has made this one of the most interesting storylines in WWE in some time. Now uh, Roman has now Roman has an opponent. Remember, like a month ago, we yeah. said he has no opponents. He he doesn't have anybody as strong as he is now. He does, and now you'll you'll see that uh, the fans. If we reacted to it, the fans will react to it, and they did. And uh, uh, great angle. Paul asking, uh, no Cena, question mark. I guess card is subject to change. He was advertised for the show, and he was there. He participated in a dark match uh, main event. It was uh, John Cena and the Mysterios against the Bloodline. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, Cena and the Mysterios won. So he was there, but only in a dark match capacity. So, so it might be because I'm on short amount of sleep. But, Paul, take yourself over to YouTube, pay some Super Chat money for asking these questions, because you ask a lot of questions <laughs> in the live chat. Pay, pay a dollar or two and ask yeah. us a question if you want a question to be answered. Cena was there. It's not It's not, It's not. not WWE's fault you thought he was going to be on the show, because they never advertised him to be on actual SmackDown. He yeah. was there, but he was there for the fans being there in New York. Yes, New York gets some things. Don't, don't tell AEW that. Yeah, a uh, couple couple people bringing up uh, Sasha in the chat as well. Thought she was going to be on the show. She was backstage. Nobody ever said that she was going to be used. I was expecting her to be used as well. But again, uh, we will uh, we will get there. And as uh, the boss says, Raju says, pay all your money to us. Going full house in there. Uh, Raju, Raju knows. Raju knows. <laughs> See, I think I'm thinking about you, Raju. He, Raju basically is Danhausen. He's very nice, he very polite, very evil, and is all about money. That's pretty much what uh, Raju is about there. So uh, <laughs> there's our one Danhausen reference uh, for the night. We don't talk about Ring of Honor very much on this show. No. But the Roman Reigns angle continued uh, in the back with Paul Heyman. Another person who is very underrated in, in this whole storyline is Kayla Braxton. I absolutely love her just stalking Paul Heyman, trying to get the scoop, trying to find out, almost like... You know, she's she's trying to be the journalist, but at the same time, she has made this a personal vendetta to make his life a living hell just by being present. And she takes joy in it uh, and, and asking all the questions, wanting to know uh, if Roman was going to give Brock Lesnar an answer uh, tonight, because Brock did come out and say, I want a shot at the Universal Championship, <laughs> which made you go, OK, but what about Finn Balor? Right. Fast forward to the end of the night, the main event. Tag team match, tag team titles on the line. A fantastic match between the Usos uh, and the Street Profits. Ends where it looks like 
Profits are about to win the gold. Montez Ford hits that big-ass frog splash from out the sky. He was flying all over Madison Square Garden tonight. He either had a Red Bull or was amped up or something, but that boy had some extra energy tonight, which is saying something for him. Roman then gets in the ring and chokes him out, calls the for the DQ. Street Profits get taken out, and then all of a sudden, what happens? What we believe to be the tease last week with the demon Finn Balor showing up, Stalks his way down to the ring, gets up in front of the bloodline, doesn't back down. Crowd goes nuts, fade to black to end the show, which means it's going to be the demon Finn Balor against Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. And guys, and Sid, Maybe. You know, huh? That is the main event, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the main event. That's an Extreme uh, Rules, yes. Which makes they, me think. Unless they change it. I don't think they're going to change it, but okay, they might. I said unless they do. Yeah, I don't think they are. But I'll tell you what, I don't think I don't think Brock Lesnar is getting that shot at the Universal Championship. I think Finn Balor is walking away with the title at Extreme Rules. He's undefeated as the demon on the main roster because, ladies and gentlemen, as WWE has told us many different times, anything that happened in NXT doesn't really count. So his <laughs> one loss in NXT as the demon against Samoa Joe doesn't really count. So he is undefeated on the main roster as the demon. So he will get another victory, I think, at Extreme Rules. I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. This is the first time in a year that I think that Roman Reigns can lose. Do Am I confident? My, my head is telling me, no, Roman Reigns is going to win again. But my heart is telling me they love the demon and they want to protect the demon. This is their kind of their go-to thing with Finn Balor. And every single time they wanted Finn Balor to lose a big matchup, they have avoided the demon coming in. You would think the demon would come out when he's versus Brock Lesnar. Nope. When he wanted to lose, they just had the man come out. They That's what they do. But here they're bringing in the demon. It makes me feel they're going to make that change just to freshen things up. I think the Universal title is always going to go back to Roman Reigns, but yeah. maybe a couple of months without it will freshen up his character and we can really develop this Brock and Roman storyline without the title involved. It doesn't need it. Dutch, I, I don't think Brock and, and Roman need the, the Universal title. I think those two getting involved, Paul Heyman there, the title gets lost in the mix. What about you? I don't see Roman losing at this point. I think he, he might not win. But I don't think the fiend, uh, I mean, the fiend, uh, I don't think the day. <laughs> My wife said the, the same thing, Dutch. Hey, <laughs> when he came out tonight, I thought that was who it was. See, I'm not really familiar with the, with the demon like you guys are. Right. But I thought when they did all the smoke and all this, I said, well, there's the fiend coming back. But I, I don't see him losing because I think what you, what you got to realize is you're taking a, these guys, they will talk it and talk it and talk it. They will talk it to death, but if it's left down to Vince, Vince, I, I don't think he's going to switch it. I don't really, I don't think the the demon doesn't need it, and Roman doesn't need it because he's undefeated in his last run back with WWF. Coming back from the injury, nobody's beat Roman, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so and you're right, you're right, Rick. Roman and uh, and uh, Brock, they don't need they don't need a title, but. It wouldn't hurt. I, I would. Then again, they may not want to put the they may not want to put the title on Brock, so he just might pick up and leave. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on his uh, on his deal. I, I can't remember. I think it was reported he's got like twelve matches on his deal or, or something like that. So if they want to keep the universal title, 
on television. No, they don't want to put it on Brock. And I think it, to, to what Sid said, and this is kind of what we talked about last week, if they put the title on Finn Balor, it opens up a myriad of possibilities now. It opens up the entire roster to go in and now challenge for the Universal Championship, the entire roster that Roman Reigns has basically run train on for the last year now. Um, so you can get guys like Kevin Owens. By the way, interestingly enough, he wasn't on the show tonight after the news broke this week that his contract was coming up uh, and he's expected to leave the company. That did not go uh, unnoticed on my part. No. Uh, you can open up Sami Zayn. You can open up all these other guys uh, who can now come in and challenge uh, Finn Balor for the Universal Championship. And then Roman can still go off and be a badass. He can still be the leader of the bloodline. He can feud with Brock Lesnar. And then, yeah, when Ro when uh, when WrestleMania season rolls around, boom, there you can put the title back on Roman Reigns. And, you know, or, you know, maybe you do Big E. Could he cash in at Extreme Rules? Like we talked about at the, the top of the show, Dutch, we have options. Again, Big E was backstage stalking Paul Heyman with the briefcase. Another nice little, hey, I'm here. Yep. Don't forget about me, too. A lot, a lot of doors, a lot of doors they can open. And they've made these doors knowingly so they can, if they have to go through them, they can go through them, which is, which is a sign of good booking. I don't know who's actually doing this, but it, but it, is, it, it is a good plan to book because so many ways they can go now. And they can also use uh, Finn to be a transitional champion if they want to save the Brock and Roman. If the plan is for the Rock to come in in 2023, Brock and Roman is the biggest main event they can give us at next year's WrestleMania. So they can have Finn be that transitional piece to put the title on Brock and have Roman once again for the third WrestleMania try to take a title off of Roman Reigns where he's actually over in the role that he's playing now. So this would be totally different than WrestleMania 31 or WrestleMania 34. So I, I think this is a route. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different options they can go here. You know what? And the crowd would be hot for that match because of the role reversal. And then Vince could be backstage going, see, damn it. I told you, I told you the crowd would love it. I am the long game. Pow. You want to talk about long-term booking? This is such good shit. Seven um, years in the making. <laughs> so once again, Vince would look like a look like a damn genius. But there's so many options out there. You got Big E there. Uh, we had people in the chat who were saying that Roman is just going to demolish the the demon. I don't think that's going to happen because WWE has, uh, as Sid said, protected this character so damn much in the past to where the point it really ruined Finn Balor. His yeah. whole last run, it was, oh, okay, something important's happening. Well, here's the demon, because that's the only way Finn can win a damn match. And now it became a crutch. And this is something that Finn talked about in an interview, saying, look, it, it kind of killed the mystique of the demon. It made it too predictable. The booking got lazy. And that's why he went and reinvented himself down in NXT, debuts this uh, the Prince character. And then here we go, right back up on the main roster, and we're going to the demon again. And that's my big concern is... Are we going to go back to the well? If Roman wins this, maybe that just kills off the demon and that we, we got our one our one off with the demon and then, you know, Finn Balor could do something else. It's going to be interesting to see if you had if I if you asked me to put a sizable amount of money on it, I'm, I'm betting that Finn Balor walks away as a universal champion in two weeks. I, th I think I would go that route as well, because it just 
it just would kill Finn Balor if he loses as the demon to Roman Reigns, whereas Roman Reigns is not going to lose that much by losing to the demon. I think that he is his mind is on Brock Lesnar. He can use that as, as, as an excuse. His mind is on where is Paul Heyman's allegiance. He has a lot of different distractions right now where the demon beating him makes a lot of sense. Brock could cost Roman the title. Yeah. That could happen. Now, I don't know why he would do that when he would come out and say, hey, look, I want your championship. Why he would cost him. Maybe he inadvertently no. cost him. I'm not sure. Maybe the Usos cost him. Who knows? Maybe Paul Heyman cost him the title accidentally. That could be another wrinkle in all of this, Dutch. But uh, that's a little too early, though. That's a little too early for Paul to show his, show his hand. But uh, then again, yeah. it's, it's according to how they, how they tell the story. But right now they're red hot with this. Yeah, they are. They're red, red hot. And usually when something is red hot, you're, I know as, as a booker, I would say, man, you know, if you fiddle with the, the soup a little too much, it may not be as good as it was yesterday. So you got to watch this piddling around and what you've created because, and this is a no story about creative. You know, I've seen creative talk their way out of a great angle just by talking it to death and talking it too much. Well, this may be this, 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 and then it ends up watered down and not as effective as the first idea they had on it. So, but then again, we're doing the same thing that fans are doing. We're thinking, they're yep. thinking, how's it going to go now? But they have their attention. So I don't know, and it, again, it goes back to how, even if they were going to put the, the demon over, how do they do that? How, yeah. What elements do they mix in? This is, this is pretty complicated. It really is. Dutch, I'm going to tell you what you told me. You're thinking too much. You're, yeah, you're, I am. I you're am. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Let me have a drink here. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I got a, I got a better idea. How about that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's an aspirin, guys. That's an aspirin. Too. So sure it but, is. But but you know they, you're not in Florida. We know what those pills are. But but they uh, but they overthink a great idea, and they have worked on this and worked on this. And how long has Roman been back? Over a year, correct? Yeah, since yeah. SummerSlam last year. And they they dedicated their whole machine. And when you get that machine rolling, that's not easy to stop. Ooh. It's easier to adjust, but you know, to take all the emphasis off their main guy, that takes a. And I don't know who is going to present it to Vince anyway. <laughs> what the head book is going to go in, Vince? I have a hell of an idea. What is it, God damn it. Uh, My guess it would be Paul Heyman who would be coming in there. Paul and Bruce would go, okay, so we have this idea to take the title off of Roman. They'd get kicked out of the office, and then they would weasel yeah. back in and be like, you know, all right, now well, let's let's actually talk about this. So, and they'll come back in their vents. I don't know, you know, I, I didn't get any sleep last night. I don't know what I was talking about. It, and he it, said, that's what I thought, pal. It would be interesting to see if they do put the title on Finn how he's actually booked on the show because they would probably still build the entire show around Roman. Does yeah. that diminish the universal championship at that point? It, it becomes kind of like CM Punk as WWE champion where the focus yeah. is on John Cena 
it, it's kind of going to be like that. But at the end of the day, this is Roman using him, you know, being the champion for over a year to put over somebody new. That's what we all wanted, really, from this Roman Reigns title reign. So it makes sense. And it, it it's so unlike WWE to have someone be a champion for, like, two years. And that's what they would have to do to get to The Rock in Wrestle, at WrestleMania 39. So it just makes sense to kind of break things up you know, freshen things up a little bit. Like we've been saying, Roman has run roughshod through the entire roster. Finn Balor, he got protected in his loss last week. And now as the demon, this would be a huge win that would propel him and make him look stronger than he's looked since his original, like, what was it? Three week push before he got hurt in 2016. The other, let me, off- ask, you, let me yeah. ask you, Rick. Yeah. When the demon showed up tonight, yeah. Did you expect him to show up or did did, did you yeah, expect I, I, Brock Lesnar to show up? No, I thought it was pretty obvious. Uh I was let I was let down. I I was let down by it. Because I didn't expect the demon, because like I said, I'm not familiar with him really? like you guys are. Right. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Finn Balor, and I just didn't get it. Yeah, well, on social media, they had already announced that Finn was getting the rematch. And then at the end of the match last week. When Roman was walking back, they had that brief flash of the red light. Yeah. And to wrestling and NXT nerds like myself and Sid, we instantly were like, oh, well, they're bringing the demon back. So that we were actually expecting this. Uh, so it wasn't a big shock. Uh, still happy to see it. Still happy to see Finn in a, in a major uh, spot like this. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm fully expecting him. I'm betting on it. I'm, I'm expecting okay. this. Here's the other thing, though, Sid, uh, before we, we move on, because we still got like two and a half hours of program talking about here. Um, the other thing you could do with Roman, you have the draft coming up. So you can either keep the title on him, shuffle up the rosters, and then give him some new opponents on SmackDown, or you put the belt on Finn, Roman goes over to Raw, immediately takes a WWE title off of Lashley, and then he can just continue his run on top, but just do it with a different belt on a different show. And he never, he never really got a long-term, uh, you know, run with the WWE Championship. So that does make a lot of sense. But he's the biggest star in WWE. You keep him on the biggest show, uh, in my opinion. You keep him running on SmackDown. Too. So I, I wouldn't I, I do that, but I can, I can see them doing that. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, Raw needs a damn lifeline. They need. They do. They need something out there to to gravitate and make the show exciting and make the show worth watching because it is the show that generates the least amount of buzz between AEW and WWE. It's it's like a chore to watch Raw. And I thought Raw was good this week. Raw was actually good this week. I'll be honest. I think that 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 term of least buzz kind of goes to NXT until recently with the changes, because honestly, Raw being really, really bad gets more buzz than a boring NXT. So, (laughs) I mean, that I feel like that's, you know, negative or positive buzz is still people talking about the show. 
nine times out of ten, people will talk about a bad Raw over a boring NXT. And in my opinion, they've done a good job of building up Bobby Lashley. And what the show needs is the Cesaros of the SmackDown roster, the Kevin Owens of the SmackDown roster. They need baby faces that have already been beaten by Roman that can be fresh on Monday Night Raw more than they need Roman to go over to Monday Night Raw. I, will I agree with that. I'll agree with that. They could put the title on Finn and put him over on Raw and then draft Lashley over to SmackDown. And, you know, that there's, do that. There's, a do lot that. Of, there's a lot of different ways. And I'll tell you what, putting the title on Finn, if you're going to keep Roman Reigns on SmackDown, you got to come up with a creative way for Raw to go, okay, well, we're not going to take him number one overall because they always get the first pick. Yes. So you can't sit there and tell me that you can – conceivably go here's the number one star or i guess according to pwi the number two star in all the world but the number, number one, one star, star in wwe, WWE yeah. we're gonna pass him up for the number one overall pick the second year in a row you got to come up with a creative way to do that if finn balor forces their hand and says well i'm the universal champion take me that might make a a, a little bit of sense uh ozzy with the super chat saying i'm going on dancing with the stars like the miz um i'm probably about as famous as half of that cast uh, this year that is a terrible terrible cast but i definitely cannot dance whatsoever sid are you gonna watch the miz on dancing with the stars if ozzy keeps donating super chat money yeah <laughs> i might as well i might as well because ozzy is listening this is how you get featured and you want you want our attention you begging saying our name in the live chat that's how you do it ozzy thank you ozzy showing showing some love to the sports keto wrestling youtube channel yeah we got yeah, people putting their phone numbers out there. I'm just gonna block those people. Yeah, please not, do. Yeah, please now do. that I know how to, now that I don't have, yeah. Anyway. Drop that ban hammer. <laughs> Drop that ban hammer. You know what? Do we, what do we got yeah. going on here, people? We what? just, we Sid, just, I think, Sid, I think people what? are hitting on you. I think that's we, what we, is. we just hit 20k. Can we, Fred? You still watching? Can we get some moderators up in here? Like, <laughs> like give, give, her, give that's what we hired Kev Kellum to do, and then he just stopped doing it. You know, so it is, it is what it is. But whatever. Give Rick, give Rick some help. You know, give Rick some help here, please. All right, so let's move on to this uh, this 10-man tag team match tonight. Uh, pretty much the entire SmackDown roster uh, that you know, isn't doing anything outside of Kevin Owens uh, thrown into one match here. Sammy Zayn decked out in New York Knicks gear uh, tonight, screaming that he loves New York. And then he introduces Trey young. And if you don't, know, Trey? You don't know who Trey young is, uh, he single-handedly eliminated the Knicks from the NBA playoffs this past season. Uh, absolute great troll job. Uh, and then Trey young gets tossed. Uh, ejected, shall we say he got the double T uh, when he got involved with uh, Rey Mysterio on the ropes that ends up causing a distraction allows the Mysterios and uh, Big E to, to take out Sami Zayn fun match meant absolutely nothing just ate up time on the show you, you really didn't need this match you could Big E cut a promo at the end talking about he could cash in his money in the bank on Lashley or Roman could have moved that to a backstage segment didn't really need it but it was what it was. It was fun. It was a nice little pop. They brought out a star for for the New York crowd to to hate to get some heat. It it was what it was. I, I didn't I didn't know who Trey Young was, so I look him up, and then I read the background and why why the New York fans hate him. They call him Ice Trey too. Yeah, is that another they name call, for him? They call him Ice Trey. 
Um, outside of being a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan, I, I've grown up in New York my pretty much my whole life. My mom is a Knicks fan. So one of my favorite things is to root against the Knicks. So Trey Young became one of my favorite players in the league when he silenced that New York Knicks crowd that embarrassed me for being a goddamn New Yorker and being a Lakers fan <laughs> that is a winner. These these Knicks fans celebrated winning one freaking game when you have to win four to win a freaking series. They celebrated winning one game like it was Labor Day in, in freaking Brooklyn. Like, show some – act like you've been there before. I know it's been eight years since the Knicks have been in the playoffs, but God damn it, you don't celebrate one <laughs> win in the, in the playoffs like you did something. You didn't do anything, and then you lost. You lost three straight games after that. You look like damn idiots. So I enjoy – I trade coming out that was a sports center moment wwe was very smart and they that was they they kind of flex that they have that mainstream appeal still because you know aew a couple weeks ago we talked about them having the nba finals mvp yannis antetokounmpo on a rampage so wwe was like we'll do you one better we'll make one of nba stars the biggest heel in the building and they did just that that was great but wwe they had they got the logan guys yeah. They got the Logan brothers. They're as hot as anybody right now. And now that they, they even have a well-known uh, boxers that just missed the payday. I, I, I need to get in on that. <laughs> Hell, you can knock me my ass out for a hundred grand. I hope I get up, but at least I, I'll have some money. There's a, there's not a whole lot I wouldn't do for a hundred grand to be uh, completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's why this match was on the card tonight. This was to, to get Trey young and yes, that you're going to see that highlight on, on sports center. You're going to see that on ESPN.com and yahoosports.com, which is exactly why they did it. They're trying to reach out to that casual mainstream audience. And that's why this match wasn't, or excuse me, was on the card tonight. And another match that was supposed to be, wasn't, uh, we will get there. Uh, so anywho, big E. Teases cashing in on Bobby or Roman. I don't see him doing it anytime soon. I think this is going to be a slow burn for him, and I think that is absolutely just fine. And he announced he's going to be on Raw next week. Yes, he he is supposed to be on Raw next week. I think they're doing their UK tour, so they're kind of splitting yeah. some, some things up. So uh, that's totally understandable. By the way, I see some people asking about Sami Zayn in the uh, comment section, wondering when his contract is up. We have no idea when his contract is up, but Fightful Selected report this week. It's not up in the fall like everybody thinks it is. Um, somebody else asked, do we think that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to stay, uh, with WWE specifically Kevin Owens, or is he going to go? Uh, there are beliefs again, these, these are reports right now from people within WWE. They believe that, that Kevin Owens already has one foot out the door. Interestingly enough, he was not on the show tonight. That was not lost on me. Uh, two I, don't, I don't think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to go to W to, uh, AEW, but I, I do think. I do think Kevin Steen and El Generico will be in AEW pretty soon. Hey, you know, I've never seen Sami Zayn. Really? I've never yeah. seen Sami Zayn and El Generico in the same place at the same time. I, I mean, he's been, he's been raising uh, orphans for the past seven years, so he's going to come back to professional wrestling. I, I think I think I'm more leaning towards Kevin Steen, unless Vince like, throws a Brinks truck, you know, to his house, and Kevin Owens believes the. I won't say lies, but the uh, mysterious brass rings that Vince McMahon waves at his eyes. I don't see Kevin Owens. Let me, let me ask you guys something. What is Kevin's thing? What do you think he's making downside? 
I would say he's probably in that million dollar range. I would say so, yeah. And you think AEW would give him that? Well, AEW gave comparable money to Brian Danielson. So if they're giving comparable money to Brian Danielson, where Danielson makes that decision to go, then I think they can do the same thing for Kevin Steen. Well, I think AEW can only well he's got a he's got a billion dollars, so yeah. (laughs) It's not like he don't have it's like not like he's having to draw sellouts all the time to pay the guys. He's got he's already got the money. They have the money, they have the workplace environment, they have the type of product that a lot of these uh, guys in the business want to do, focusing on professional wrestling and not so much sports entertainment. They have all that going for them. What they don't have is a whole lot of TV time. There's, I don't care what Tony Khan says in his, in his press briefings. Eventually, the roster's full, all right? It's, it's full. You yes, it is. Bring it in everybody because then you're going to start doing what wwe was doing for years and that is hoarding talent to where not everybody's going to be able to get on tv or be focused or be pushed we already got you know people complaining on twitter his wife more than anybody that brian cage is being underutilized after he was one of their big acquisitions that they brought in i mean we're not even seeing ethan page on tv hardly ever don't get me started on Brian Cage because this man is 38 and 6. He was in a world title feud. He's on TV every single week. How are you underutilized in professional wrestling today? If you're not sitting at catering for months, you're not underutilized. That's a BS reason. That's just somebody's wife who's sick of their husband complaining at home who went on twi- who went on Twitter and wanted to cause a ruckus to get the attention of Tony Khan. For all of that, Brian Cage, I'm sorry, you were in a group with three different guys, one of them being a 20-year-old guy that hasn't wrestled or talked much, and he's more over than you, and his name is Hook. So I'm sorry, you can go to WWE and probably be more successful or realize the difference between underutilized and not utilized to your best interest. There's a difference. And, and Duck, I, uh, I disagree with you here. Don't see anyone ever wanting to leave to AEW. If they're not happy there, a guy like Brian Cage, who had interest from WWE before he went over to AEW, hell yeah, that guy will go over. A guy, I, I still believe, I still believe. Yeah, why, first, why, why, why would Vince take him if he's not being used over there? Uh, I think Vince is. I think Brian Cage is Vince's stereotypical type of guy. Yeah, he's, he's a big, muscly some bitch uh, that he could throw in a ring with Bobby Lashley, and people will lose their damn minds. I think that's why Vince hey, would. Would bring them over. I still think a guy like MJF. I still. I don't know why. I just have this feeling. I, I. I don't. I thought about it. I watched Inside Cradle back, and I looked at what you said again, and I was like, Nah, MJF can't be MJF in WWE. So I don't think he would go to WWE. Possibly, maybe. Depends. Again, it comes back to hope, and you know. Trying to hope that things uh, change for the better. Uh, All right, so we had a contract signing tonight between Bianca Belair and uh, Becky Lynch. Pat McAfee saying that uh, contract signings are are the best, that they always go over well. That that made me chuckle there uh, a little bit. Bianca got a nice pop, some EST chants from the crowd. Then we got uh, big coat, big glasses, Bex in the building. She starts talking... uh, about how Bianca was starstruck at SummerSlam, and that's why she won. She roasted her on the mic a little bit. Crowds booing, and then she starts down-talking the crowd, and they boo a little bit more here. Uh, Becky ultimately signs the contract, chucks it at Bianca. She does the uh, 
the the league of their own catch, the Gina Davis catch with the contract there uh, at the end, and and Becky kind of just uh, you know f's off uh, out of the ring there. The heel turn starting to work there a little bit, Sid. It kind of I don't know. I, it, talk me through this because it's like I can sit here and I watch what what Becky is doing. And I think, well, first of all, they just had a contract signing a month ago, right? Yes. With, with Bianca so, Belair. Yeah. With and, Bianca. yeah. And they've already seen it one time. Now they're seeing it again. I yeah. think this segment tonight, it wasn't bad, but it, it wasn't that good either. It just kind of laid there and looked at you. Contract signings suck. Uh, they, they just do. I mean, and especially ones that don't even end in physical altercation. It's like, why the hell did we even do this? Like, um, you know, so it's just, the, the, the best contract signing ever was the one where it was CM Punk and he was just bullshitting about how bad contract signings are the whole time. And then John Laurinaitis was like, hey, let's get a photo. And, and, and CM Punk's like, what the hell are we doing? Let's just fight. Like, that was the best contract signing uh, of all time. The rest of them are, are just pretty bad. I don't care who's involved in it. Um, but, man, I, I look at, at, at Becky's heel turn and what's going on right now and she's she's crapping on the crowd and she's talking about how great she is but she's also ducking bianca and i'm going this is exactly what they did the last time in in, in 2018 then it didn't work and i'm sitting here and i'm looking at it, i'm like i okay becky can roast people on the mic with the best of them we've seen her do it before she roasted edge back in 2018 it was one of the best segments of the entire year we know she can roast. And I'm sitting here going, all right, I look at what Britt Baker's doing in AEW. I think Becky Lynch could do that exact same thing. And that's what I would like to see out of her. But then the more I think about it, I look at what Becky is doing. And I'm sitting here, I'm going, and I say this as the character. Becky doesn't believe what she's saying. No. I, I, I think that Becky Lynch right now is playing somebody who wants to look cocky and confident who isn't cocky and confident. That's why she cheated and cheap shot at SummerSlam to take the title away from Bianca Belair. And that's why she's ducking her now because the man isn't quite so sure that she is still the man that she was 16 months ago. So I think she's playing a character who wants to be cocky, who wants to think that she's the best, this girl who went undefeated for pretty much an entire year, but she doesn't realize it. She doesn't, she doesn't believe that she is. And now she's got doubt. She's got this, young up-and-comer, even though they're basically the same age, uh, and Bianca Belair, who's been dominating for a year while she was gone, Becky doesn't think she can beat her. That's what I think the character that Becky is playing right now. And now, tonight, she's starting to get turned on by the crowd, and they're booing her, and that's why she's going after the crowd tonight. I think that's what she's trying to play tonight. Sid, do you agree with me? Yeah, you're not you're not too far off uh, base there. I would say that this was the most effective that she was as a heel because she went back to the things that made her unlikable as a babyface before she left was the the gaudy jacket, the big glasses, trying to be Conor McGregor light. Um, so these are all the things that will get her heat and genuine heat and not just heat for, you know, the booking like it was last week when she yes. turned down the the title match this was more of heat towards becky and i like the fact that you said like she's trying to play this insecure character because that's how it came off on the mic she was really good on the mic tonight um i, I like this segment a lot but at the same time the gaudy jacket the big glasses does come off like you're trying too hard. So I just think that she still is trying to find the right balance with everything she's doing. 
I think a lot of what she's doing is because of the absence of one person at Sasha Banks. Yeah. So she's trying to play that role. And as soon as Sasha steps back in, the whole dynamic of the whole situation will change. And I, I and she just, she's just playing a role as Sasha gets back, I think. And she is, and I think that's a great point to uh, mention, Dutch, because she will look like the lesser version of Sasha Banks then, because Sasha Banks plays, plays this cocky yet somewhat insecure uh, point a lot better than uh, than than Becky Lynch can. Becky Lynch play can play the man. The man is her turning up her personality and her confidence in herself up to 100 now she's trying to play a female version of conor mcgregor which i don't think that that's really the best role for her i think this is i i agree with you dutch i think this is temporary but i don't think it has anything to do with sasha banks i think this is temporary until becky beats so, Bianca extreme rules so, so you're calling me a liar is that what no. he's calling me he's calling me a liar sid no how dare but i think it, I, th I, I think it is uh uh started and it will end with Sasha, Sasha Banks. Let me let me throw this at you. If uh, if the man is in the ring and Sasha Banks comes out and confronts her, which way is the crowd going? What do you say? That's a damn good question. That is a damn good question. It depends on how good Becky Lynch gets heat these next two weeks. Uh, I think the crowd would just be going nuts, frankly. I think it would just be one of those stare downs where People are excited that they're getting a face-off between Becky and Sasha, and they don't really care in the moment who's the baby face or who's the heel. Yeah, I think they would want to see it. Yeah. And if you really want to turn uh, the band back to a face, all she has to do is help uh, Bianca Belair one time. Right. And, and then I they think get up and look at each other like, I'm not going to trust you. But, I mean, that's way down the line. But I, I, I think Sasha is a good heel. And I think Becky is better in a role as that kick-ass baby face, I think. And we'll see where he goes. I think but again, they've opened a lot of doors for this. Yeah. That they can go several different ways in it and it will work. I, I think that the the long-term goal here is to help get Bianca to the point where Becky was as far as being hot and over as Dutch drops out there for a second. He must have hit a button here. Hang on. Let me get this out of Sid's face uh, and myself. Uh, I think the long-term goal, Sid, is to get Bianca to that point where she is a top-level babyface and Becky can... The second that Becky decides she wants to be a babyface again, all she's got to do is snap her fingers and boom, the crowd starts loving her again. And then now what you have done is now you have two female stars who are on that level with Bianca Belair and, and Becky Lynch. And I think that is the end game for them. That is the ultimate goal. Uh, going back to what I was talking about with Becky and her, her heel turn. I do think that this is going to be a temporary thing with her, this insecure kind of role that she's playing, but I think it's going to be temporary until she retains against Sasha Hi, hi, Dutch. Uh, welcome back. Until she retains against Bianca at <laughs> Extreme Rules, and then she will have her confidence back, and then we'll see the full-fledged heel Becky Lynch character, the confident one, whatever she has in mind. I think this is all part of a transition process. So we'll see. There's a lot of different ways that they could go with it, like Dutch said. Yeah, I'm very interested to see the route they would have gone, and I, I'm very more interested in what the route would have been if Sasha Banks would have never had to go 
out of action. I would have liked to see what they did with the character if Becky Lynch, if they would have been more okay with Becky Lynch still going heel if Sasha Banks was around. Because like I said, I feel like she is like the lesser version of Sasha Banks where Sasha Banks is more of a natural heel to Becky is more of a natural baby face. And this was the thing we were worried about when we first were talking about Becky Lynch coming back and coming to SmackDown is that we thought that they would split the crowd with Becky and Bianca. So we like the fact that they are like pointing towards they want Bianca to be the baby face here but it's just like you have this natural baby face who yes she she made great points on the show she was like uh you guys cheered for me when I wasn't around and now you're you're booing me be and but this is the New York crowd. The New York crowd is probably the smartest WWE crowd. And a lot of those boos were because of what happened, happened at SummerSlam. So it's either this New York crowd is a is just a small microcosm, a small minority, or they're going to set the trend for everywhere else to boo Becky Lynch. We're going to have to see in the weeks to come. I there's, there's one other thing, too. By the way, you mentioned about Sasha being having to drop out. Bailey getting hurt too i think changed yeah. yep. if bailey didn't get hurt and sasha whatever happened with her didn't so, happen it would be a very interesting dynamic of what how they would have actually brought becky back she may not even be back yet yeah True. so what happened they lost half their bench with, with yeah. bailey out sasha out no they didn't lose their bench they lost their starters and that's and that's that yeah. leads me, that leads me right into my next thing we didn't see any of the damn bench tonight none <laughs> we saw tegan knox and and Shotzi Blackheart for like eight seconds on the tank trying to give Paul Heyman a ride, and that was it. That's all we saw. We got. Yeah, no, I, would, I wish I could have taxis ask me f to to get in their car, like like you know Tegan and and Shotzi telling Paul Heyman to jump on. Like that don't happen in New York. You don't get taxi drivers that that say, "Hey, you want to you want a ride?" Man, I gotta stand in the street and almost get run over sometimes. Like sheesh. Yeah. So, anywho, we did see Tegan and Shotzi backstage. Great to see them for, like, half a second. And then outside of Sonya Deville and Kayla Braxton, we didn't see anybody. For the second week in a row now, no women's match on the show. This was a fantastic show from, from start to finish. I didn't hate a damn thing I saw tonight. It was genuinely entertaining. But to have the depth that you do in this women's division for two weeks in a row not to have a match is inexcusable and then a report comes out uh from uh, sean ross at fifle.com it was pretty obvious that something was going on if you were paying attention to social media because you had carmella you had Liv morgan and you had zelina vega by the way who's from new york uh they were all tweeting dot 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 and zelina put out her gear that she had on and wrote never mind it was pretty obvious that something was going on and according to sean there was a tag team match that was supposed to be on the card tonight. It was going to be Liv Morgan and Christopher. You're wondering where she was. Tony Storm was going to be her partner, and they were going to fight Carmella and Zelina Vega. Instead, due to time restrictions, the match I cut. So, hey, because, I, so I am going to put you want to put you talked about big money on Roman and Finn Balor. I guarantee you, big money. It was Edge and Seth Rollins that cut that match. Maybe, possibly, yeah. It, it would seem like that would be the perfect spot to put in between Edge and Rollins mm -hmm. and in between the main event, the tag team title match. 
You could have taken a little bit more time away from the main event, though, to be all to, in, in all honesty. Or you know what? You could have cut the damn 10-man tag match. The only reason why that was even there was because of Trey Young. That you was have your sports center moment. That's more important than than the woman. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. I'm a big, that's the damn big, problem, though, I'm Sid. A, I'm a big advocate for women's wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but you got to put it's better. It's better for you as a professional wrestling fan. I'm trying to t- I'm trying to educate everybody. Dutch knows this. Put your Vince hat on when you think about WWE. And what does is Vince prioritizing? It's getting on Sports Center. Or satisfying for women and r- professional wrestling fans, he's thinking about getting on Sports Center. So you you don't Edge and Seth Rollins was a great match, it was. but did it need to be twenty five minutes? No, it could have no, been just as great of a match in twenty or fifteen or seventeen minutes. So you could have cut that, and you could have gave us a a short women's match in between the main event. Yeah, also, yeah, I agree with you. The main event could have been a little bit shorter to get to the uh the the demon you know ending and stuff. So you could have cut down on that match. You could have cut down on Edge and Seth Rollins, and there would have been room for the women's match. But don't tell me the eight man tad had to get scrapped because you got ten guys on the show and you got your sports moment i think that's more important i uh, the, the the match meant absolutely nothing and that's why I nothing. When, I, when i look when i look at things that are on the on on the show everything mattered tonight everything had some kind of a ramification on it you're trying to that tell me, match. you're trying to tell me that woman's tag that woman's tag match that you just named would have mattered more than that 10-man tag no maybe no, we no. don't know because we can't get these damn women on the show they can't build anything if you can't get them on the damn show. That's not building anything. That's literally to just get the woman it's on the show start. and have a, have it's a, a damn match. start, Sid. You can't start a program if they're not on that fucking show. I'm you sorry. Gotta- now I'm I sorry. think I, I need to stop this profanity, Mister Mister Uchino. Yeah, I don't, I don't is, think we have any need for this that. This is part of the problem yeah. of why people are so down on WWE is because it's more important to focus on everything else. Other than freaking professional wrestling. That's I'm sorry. Part of the problem. When I cook a nice steak, I cut the fat off of it. And it's a much better steak. If I if I kept the fat on it, yeah, it could still be the same quality. But when I cut the fat off of it, it's a perfect steak. And that's what I feel was Seth Rollins and Edge. It was a great match. But if you cut the fat off of it a little bit, it would have been a much better match. And that fun tag team match between the Usos and and uh, the the Street Profits that was like your mashed potatoes. But if you if you add a little gravy and you don't make the mashed potatoes as thick, it's a much better mashed potatoes. So you didn't need that to go along. You cut the time off of those matches. Yeah, you Rick is telling t- you, buddy. You don't cut the time off the ten man tag because the ten man tag was like five or six minutes. Like, what are you? What yeah. are you going to scrap that? I would, yeah. I would have prioritized getting that match on the show if it's your only women's match for the entire night. Knowing you just had, you could have reorganized the show. You could have done that ten man tag in the second hour. You could have flipped spots. They would have found a way to get it done. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If they had Trey, if they had that Trey Young spot in the second hour. They would have found time to squeeze that in. They would have cut from the main event. They would not have cut Trey Young from the show altogether. They were worried about putting him on the show. They didn't give a damn that they cut that women's tag team match out. And again, another difference between WWE and AEW. WWE cut Zelina Vega from Madison Square Garden in her hometown. And AEW put Brian Pillman on in the main event in Cincinnati. 
That is the freaking difference between these two. No, they, I don't even think you're in the right ballpark with that analogy at all. They're looking for Sports Center to get the eyeballs on it, and Selena Vega in a local market like New York is not going to matter. Uh, putting uh, Trey Young on on Sports Center, I I gotta I agree with Sid on I this. I get it. I understand it. I understand the casual audience. That's why you put Bad Bunny in a tag team match at WrestleMania. I get all of that. But it's, but sometimes, just sometimes, you got to focus on morale. You got to do something for, for your hard workers. And you got to do something for your, your actual P1 core audience, your hardcore wrestling fans in New York, who maybe wanted to see a damn women's match and maybe wanted to see their hometown girl wrestle tonight. Didn't even well, maybe, they, maybe maybe they saw maybe they saw a girls match. They did in, in the dark uh, in the dark part of it. Yeah, they had Charlotte and Rhea wrestle uh, as a pre-show match before uh, things got underway tonight. So, but I did oh. want to see that that Tory Storm. I did yeah, want to see her. I know it. So. It sucks that this got this got cut. Hopefully, they do a better yeah. job of trying to put it on. It it does. It just ticks me off. We didn't even see Naomi on the show tonight doing anything with uh uh. uh with Sonia, they did some stuff on social media. If you wanted to see Naomi tonight, uh, you know that um, that that's out there on social media. She yeah, and let me let me just reiterate that we both want this woman's match on the Good. show. I just think Good we're word. differing on how to get it on on the show. That's what the the debate was. Uh, truly, heel Romeo says they were selling nine eleven segments all night long, which was really really great. Um, nobody has a stronger connection to 9-11 than Zelina Vega, who lost great her father point. to that. So that man has a great point. So you should check him he out. Does. Like True Hill he does. YouTube channel. Yeah. He does have a great point. I, I would been, not now what's his name? True True he, Truly Heal Romeo on the True Hill Heat oh, YouTube yeah. channel. Uh Romeo, just send some money and we'll put you over a little more. Put him over. <laughs> he did. He sent five bucks. Oh, I would not. <laughs> any way, shape, or form, I would not have cut this women's match tonight. Uh, and one thing's for sure is you you pissed off the internet community. And you, you pissed off yourself as well. Uh, but two weeks in a row with this stacks women's roster, you don't have a match. You better have three damn matches on this show next week. You got to make good. That's what we call it in the radio business. All right, you cut spots. You better mm. make that crap up the next week. I got to fence for myself. And, I'm and, it, and it's crazy. It's crazy that the last time they were in New York, the best match of the night was the Four Horsemen. Uh, tag team match with Sasha and Bailey versus Charlotte and Becky. So then you go uh, two years later, they're not even on the show besides a contract signing. And again, you know, like last week we talked about how they got like nine women on the show last week. We talked about, or at least I brought it up. It felt very divas era esque. This was tonight as well. The only women's match on the entire card cut for time. All right. That's a very divas era esque thing uh, to do. So Again, I'm uh, I'm a little heated about this. Obviously, I would not have cut this match in any way, shape, or form. I would have found a way well, to get it on the show. You th you're thinking too much, Rick. You're thinking uh, way too much. I know everything you that was on the show. Thought so much. Everything else that was on the show tonight was was really, really, really good. Uh, especially Edge Rollins too. I think this was by far the uh, well, not by far the match of the night. Maybe I'm feeling that way because I saw Pac and Andrade earlier on in the uh, in the week. <laughs> And that ending was but, but we'll we'll get to that. Edge Rollins two tonight. I think Seth and Becky definitely went shopping together in New York and bought for for coats before from, this from Fordham Road. They went to Fordham Road and they cop some fur coats, and they they both were rocking them on this show. 
So they Seth pay good money for those. Seth got the big fluffy uh, black one going on tonight. This was uh, this was just great storytelling in the ring. Both of these guys uh, trying to pull off uh, each other's moves. Now, Seth did kind of screw up the glam slam there, going for, for Beth Phoenix's finisher there, Edge's wife. Uh, they made that up. They got the make good after that. I'm sure Seth was like, that sucked. Let me do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finally hit it down. Um, Edge hits a pedigree. Uh, Rollins kicks out. The buckle bomb worried me tonight. I'm sitting there like, can we not do the damn buckle bombed edge, please? Because that is the move that almost like ended Sting like forever. Can we not do that? Fantastic false finish on the spear tonight. And then Seth just goes like full. I'm just going to beat the hell out of you. He hits him with so many damn kicks. And at the end of the match, Edge knows he's beat, right? He looks like Eric Bana and Troy. He's just sitting there. Wait for Brad Pitt to just end him. Like, there's nothing he can do. He knows he's done. He gets kicked a million times in the head, and then he finally gets the stomp. And then Seth Rollins was just a, so brilliant at the end of this where he's like, oh, what have I done? I, I, do I regret this? What, did I go too far? The way he sold that and then casually, like, reluctantly. In the back, during the interview, yeah, and then yeah, the interview was, after that that attracted my attention. I went, no, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Wait a minute, is he sorry he did it, or is he, is he? And he was trying to. I don't know what he was trying to portray, like, uh, like uh, thinking about what he had done, or he's going nuts. But and it, it, but it was effective, whatever he did. So he got my attention. I mean, this is something that said that they've been building up to. For seven years, yeah. Seth hitting that stomp on Edge, and that meant something. It was, what is this going to do to Edge? Edge is like, this could end my career. This could kill me. I mean, they really sold that. And then when Seth finally hit the curb stomp and Edge was out and not moving, it's like Seth, you know, went out of character and turned into a human being. It was like, oh, God, I might have just murdered or paralyzed somebody. And I think that's what he was trying to get over is like, was it worth it? I think that was the question that was running through Seth Rollins' mind after he hit that tonight, and it was portrayed so brilliantly on screen. Because he, no, he cut the promo in the lead-up to SummerSlam that you you wouldn't have this comeback run with Edge if he would have hit that curb stomp seven years ago. So And then the, the matchup at SummerSlam brilliantly built up to this moment because Edge kept, kept avoiding and evading the curb stomp in that match. So when he hit it here and it, they had the great build-up to it, I thought that this was what really took this match over the top was how great that ending was because Seth got the advantage on a low blow so you protected Edge and then he just bombarded him with super kicks it was super kick after super kick after super kick until Edge could not even defend himself and then the curb stomp and then the way Seth slowly got the cover and you had the face of apprehension this was just great stuff great storytelling from these two guys and they delivered a really uh, tremendous action throughout this whole matchup. I thought that this was by far the match of the night between both shows. And I think this means where does it, where does it go from here, though? That's the that's the point. I think it means two yeah. things. One, we're not going to see Edge for a while. Uh, he's going to take some time off. And two, 
uh, we're going to get Rollins Edge 3 inside Hell of a Cell. I think that's exactly where this is going to go. I don't know who comes out in that matchup. I don't know when it takes place, but I think it's going to be a bit. I would be stunned if we see Edge again this month or next month. Maybe this takes place at Survivor Series. I'm not sure, but Edge ain't going to be around for a while. He definitely ain't showing up next week because that would just be dumb. Uh, but yeah, I think sooner or later, Edge is going to come back for Rollins. He can't He can't not. It's not, it's not like he's just going to sit there and let this go. So the long story, we're going to get Edge Rollins three. I don't I don't see it in Hell in a Cell because they just did the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and they don't, unless it's that week and Fox and <laughs> complain, complain about not getting a Hell in a Cell. That's the only way we'll get another Hell in a Cell this week, this uh, year. So um, I can definitely see them leading to a bigger blow-off. I don't think Survivor Series because I think they're going to still keep with the theme of Raw versus SmackDown unless they do like a Universal or WWE Championship match. I think that's the only way they don't do a Raw and SmackDown match. But I can definitely see Edge doing what Edge does and him returning at Raw Rumble and then possibly doing this for WrestleMania. I can see that. Well. Oh. Interesting. Dynamite drop in, Monty. All right, but uh, I think overall this was a, a really, really great show tonight. We talked about the main event. I think uh, the Street Profits are going to get another match. So they're going to run this one into the ground. Uh, they're going to keep putting the Usos and the Street Profits in, in matches together. But, you know, as much as I hate rematches, these two teams work extremely well with they one do. another. I think these guys are going to get uh, maybe a lot... How fun would a ladder match be between these two guys in Extreme Rules? Put it, you know, when, when's the last time you saw a two out of three fall match? Ooh. I think we, we brought this up the other day. That would be a good gimmick match for those guys. I agree with you. That That's actually a much better. What we got for Edge and Seth Rollins, he had three stages of hell, but they won't call it that, unfortunately. So Yeah. But See, a tag team it, match is so yeah. old, it's let's, new. Let's yeah. give it to the Usos and the Street Profits. I actually like that idea a lot. Like, give them a, a two out of three falls match, and it would be great because I've seen the Usos in a two out of three falls match against the Wyatt family in 2014, and that's one of the Usos' best matches that they ever had. So I can see them delivering the same quality with the Street Profits. How much you want to bet, though, that they put Four the dollars. Usos, they put the Usos and the Street Profits inside of a steel cage? At extreme rules to try and, That's and try not, and match and try and match what we saw it all out. Oh God, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't make us compare because you're not gonna be able to compare to what the Lucha Bros and the and the Young Bucks had in one of the greatest tag matches of all time. Don't do that. Don't do that. I WWE. think if there's any two teams that could work outside of New Day and and the Usos, I think if any two teams could even come close. I would put the profits and, and the Usos together. I, I think if anybody could come close, but I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying WWE has the balls to think that they can do anything bigger and better. They might try that. I think it would be a mistake. Uh, let's move on to AEW Rampage, which I think this entire show was bass backwards tonight. Uh, they closed it out with the hometown kid, which I understand, but Brian Pillman ain't big enough to be in the main event yet. And I say that as a Cincinnati guy. 
even when you can watch this match back tonight, the crowd didn't really seem to be into it. Part of that was that we're on like five hours at that point because Rampage taped really slowly. <laughs> so we had all the elevation stuff. Then we had a two hour show and then they were filming Rampage basically over 90 over a 90 minute stretch. And it was a lot. And the crowd was uh, was pretty dog tired. It was about 1148 before I got out of there. Um, so that's why I saw empty seats. Yes. Yeah, there were some people. There were some people who were leaving uh, from Rampage. So yes, uh, Cincinnati was sold out for Dynamite for the tickets that they allotted. But there were some people who left uh, pretty much right after Pac and Andrade. Uh, you saw uh, a flood of people, which might have been smart on their part to film that match first. This match should have been the main event. There, there's no doubt in my mind this match was supposed to be on the all-out pay-per-view. You, you could have opened things up with Brian Pillman and, and Max Caster, and it would have been a hot open for the show. I think these guys, especially as quality as this match was, should have closed the show tonight. Even even if you believe that fans would have stayed behind for Pocket Andrade, like you just said, it's a five-hour show. They would have been less you know, vocal and into this matchup if it was if it wasn't the opener. I I agree with the decision to make this the opener because it got enough time to develop. And this was the best that Andrade has looked in AEW. Pack is unreal. Pack does things that are just amazing to watch in the ring, and he does it so effortlessly. Like that was like 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 you know to give it another basketball analogy because this is a basketball night on uh, Smack Talk because of what happened on SmackDown. It's like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant does crazy different shots, or Steph Curry. They do crazy different shots, but it's so effortless the way they 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 make their shots there, whether it's a mid range shot or a three pointer. It's just so effortless, and that's what Pack is, and that's these guys you know mesh very well and i would have gave them the match of the night because they were just accelerating in this matchup but like you said the finish was i was like meh because one it's an ipad to the head and two the camera missed the shot of him getting hit with the ipad so that was just a double whammy of a bad finish but other than that these what these two guys gave us they delivered yeah uh your boy true they, they, they did deliver I didn't, I didn't much care for that finish. Yeah, it was weird. But I guess, but, but, but I mean, you don't even remember who won the match. You remember the afterbirth. Yeah. And them rolling yeah. a guy in there, Chavo in there and beating him up. Yeah. So Chavo helps Andrade win. And then Andrade takes out Chavo. I'm like, yeah. Hey. And I, I said, that's bass backwards. And then I don't uh, get it. one thing I didn't get to obviously hear since I was in the crowd was Taz on commentary. And he's like, that's my friend. They're, they're kicking the crap in our front. Taz, get your ass up out of the chair. And go help your damn friend. Don't no, no, no. He's a heel. Why would a heel come and make the save? He don't care about Chavo that much. He Why just, he just trying- his friend, man. Because he's a he's an asshole. That's not <laughs> how I'm doing. I mean, I would have I would have saved that finish. What we're talking about. I think sending these guys time limit, 15 minutes, I think, and then now you don't really have a winner, and you save one guy. Yeah, they gave you him a half you, hour. They gave him a half hour. Yeah. But if they, they win, like 18. How long did they go, 18? On TV, it felt a lot longer in person, so I think they might have cut some stuff out in the middle when they cut to commercial break. Like It, it felt like it was a 25-minute match live in person, so I think they might have trimmed it a little bit. Well, I, to me, it started kind of, kind of bass backwards. So I, I'm watching the rest of the show, so to see what they do. 
but they did some really, really good stuff. What oh. does PAC, what does that mean? Well, it's not like an acronym, it's PAC. Okay. That's his name. That's his name. Um, I I thought that yeah, I thought Andrade was on the money. This was the Andrade that had the five star classics with Johnny Gargano, and the fact that he can make that Umberto De Rio uh, double stomp from the Tree of Woe makes sense. Yeah, I, I I pop for that. I pop for that because not that is one of the more contrived moves in professional wrestling, but he made it make sense for me. And like I said, uh, just pack doing moonsaults off the top rope to the floor. It was just it was just great action. What the guys delivered, that was great. They just were let down by that finish. Yeah, Pac, the- Pac doing that moonsault, he almost got hurt, I think. He, he almost yeah. did. He, he hit his hurt. head on the that metal uh, guardrail for, uh, for sure. That's uh, yeah. not as, minute, as much padding as WWE puts around the, mm-hmm. uh, the ring, but I think they do that on purpose. Yeah, when Pac hit the, that trio woe stomp, it looked like, you know, because that happened like right in front of me. It looked like he just lucked into that. Like that wasn't originally the plan. It was just like, oh, oh crap, dude bros down. Eh, screw it. I'll do this. This works. And, you know, it just rolled into it. So it looked like it was just a really, really good ad lib, uh, which was great on Andrade's part. And then when he missed it later on going forward again, it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to hit it because he wasn't anywhere near close uh, when he actually did it. But overall, I thought this was a, a, a tremendous match. This was really, really fun live. Um, yeah, the ending just kind of killed it for me. Seeing Sting, <laughs> seeing Sting in person, I will say that never got the opportunity. This was a first for me. And just seeing him come down to the ring and cut a promo and say my hometown, my God, man, cheap pop, but he got it out of me, man. He got it out of me. It was so damn cool. I was like a 12-year-old kid just watching Sting in the middle of the ring, calling out Tully Blanchard. And then Tully shows up, and it just kind of got awkward at that point. It was just a really awkward exchange tonight. Are they thinking about having a match with Tully and Sting? They are sure teasing the hell out of it. What would you think if they did that, Dutch? It wouldn't interest me. I guess some people, yeah, let's do it, but you know how long it's been since the four horsemen and Sting were in mid-Atlantic? 30 years. Anybody that might be interested in it is in a nursing home, either with COVID or on a ventilator. I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I don't want to see Sting versus Tully, but I want to see Darby and Sting versus Tully and Sean Spears. Well, and you, can, a- you can cover it up like that. Yeah. And that's what all of Sting's matches have been so far. Tag exactly. Uh, if exactly. Sting's going to have a one-on-one match, it shouldn't be against Tully. No, because that it would be to- that would be worse than Undertaker Goldberg. It needs to be. That against, will be like, the first CM match Punk when both both participants are on uh, Social Security. <laughs> really, pretty, that'd be a first, sure. though, right? Pretty sure that would be history, history <laughs> in the making, right there. Oh God! And then Steve says Flair shows up. That would just. That hey, that's, that's what I think the whole reason for Andrade turning on Chavo Guerrero is because if Ric Flair was backstage at AEW on at All Out, he's already said that he's had conversations with Tony Khan. He already played a much better manager for Andrade in AAA. I think that's the route they're going to go. And the fact that Andrade finally showed us that he can be one of the best wrestlers in the world on this night against Pac, if you put Ric Flair with him, He's ready-made to be a main eventer for AEW. Hey, by the way, if we, if we got Tully 
Sting and Ric Flair in the middle of the ring at one time. And Arn. And Arn. And Arn. You might as well go ahead and just change the name of the company from AEW to AGW, all geriatric wrestling. Hey, I'm they call, are you. I'm gonna call them up and tell them you said that. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I dare you to say that. To, That's to ageism. Art. That's ageism, isn't it? Yeah, he's an See? ageist. I don't. Yeah, you get, are an ageist. I don't get near enough credit for the humor that I bring to this show. I'm just saying, I, I don't. I don't get my just desserts on that at all. So we'll see what happens. Sean Spears did show up and uh, take out Darby Allen. But he was there for, what, five seconds? And he was he, gone. He skedaddled. Yeah, he, was out. he was out. And this was the only time we saw any of these guys. Well, no, I take that back. Tully was uh, in an interview on, uh, yeah, on Dynamite. The whole thing just kind of, like, flows together. That's the other thing, is you can tell when these shows are filmed back-to-back. Poor Tony Schiavone was out there. But by the time the main event of Rampage was happening, he had been calling matches for five hours. Uh, this guy was spent. <laughs> Poor Tony Schiavone was because uh, you had. Okay, uh, let me ask you this, Rick. Jericho, who are both out this week. Let me ask you this, Rick. Yes, how, sir. How was uh, our favorite interviewer tonight? Better. Mark Henry. He's better. I think he, he's got out the, he got out the way for that main event uh, promo exchange. So. I think I think that was one of the better uh, promo exchanges heading into the main event because Caster came off well, even though Anthony Bowen stole the stole the promo for him, dissing uh, Brian Pillman, calling him a uh, a Saved by the Bell knockoff. That was great. Anthony Bowen's is awesome, and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. has a certain likability to him where he does an old school babyface promo that would have got laughed out the building in the '90s, but it just works for some reason in yeah. 2021. I like the Bengals gear that he was rocking tonight too. That yeah. was that was really. Hey, he Sean, hey Sean, you see the, you see the comment we have there? Sting, Flair, and Tully, the six man AARP championship. Hey, they could get a commercial, maybe. Hey, do it. See? If it makes money, do it. Ric Flair will do it. If it makes him money, absolutely, he'll do it. Uh, I deserve a chop from Sting. Sure, pay me. I'll take a chop from Sting. I don't care. <laughs> um. Oh, now I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? <laughs> Sting, AARP. I know what were we talking about before that. Uh, we were we were talking about the segment <laughs> with uh, Sting, Darby, and uh, Tully and Sean Spears. After that, though, we had the little promos. Mark from, Henry. Uh, okay, we yeah. were talking. Thank you. We were talking about Brian Pillman and his likability and his yeah. promos. Uh, I thought Pillman you know, this week was the best that he's ever been. You know, really on on the microphone. The problem is, especially on Wednesday, is he brought a knife to a gunfight. They that was a bad idea. At least you know, I get it. They were doing the cheap heat with MJF, but if you're trying to make Pillman look good on the microphone, pairing him up against MJF, that was a bad move because that boy got absolutely roasted. Because MJF went from zero to 150 in the blink of an eye. Like the first words out of his mouth were "drug addicted mother," and then it got worse from did there. He, did he say that? Yes, he called, he called his uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s mother's name is Melanie Pillman, and he called her Methany. <laughs> now, to me, that to us, it's funny, but I think to the, I think it's in bad taste. I, I mean, really do. I mean, I would say that, and I and I kind of. What if you heard an NFL? With, what if you heard an NFL football player saying that? 
well, if it's if they are actually friends in real life, I would be I wouldn't I wouldn't be as offended. But yeah, I mean, to most people, it's going to be offensive and cross that line. So it, I've even been seeing it on social media. But it's for me, it's MJF and MJF is totally tuned in and dialed in on his character. And he takes things across the line. And that's what well, he sure does. I, 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 would, I like him because he's a heel 24 seven. Yeah, I like that about him. But when you get out in front of a crowd and you got kids out there and you got people watching and you got advertisers, you know, I think that's going over the line a little bit. I don't know why they didn't bleep that because I think the bleep is better than the, you can maybe say it in a live house show, but to let it go through and go through all those eyes and hands and ears and hear that and they let it go through, they intended for it to go through. So I don't understand that at all. Yeah, then you look at what WWE did tonight, and, and everybody is screaming, you know, holy shit, and this, that, and the other thing. And WWE literally just, what, they had eight seconds tonight where it was like dead silence on the show, yeah. just waiting for the chance yeah. to die down tonight. Uh, so that's WWE going, hey, we're on Fox. All right, let's let's not take any chances whatsoever with sponsorships whatsoever. And then you literally have MJF. <laughs> but he was talking Ryan he Tell Brian Tillman that his mom should have swallowed. Like, yeah. should have aborted him. Yeah. Like, I would hope, especially with, with MJF interacting with Brian's family who were in the front row. And I would, I would hope the things that he said that they talk about this beforehand. And MJF oh. said, hey, look, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to say some shit. But that's MJF talking. That's not actually M me. MJ MJF is actually real life friends with to, to, to take the pull pull back the curtain a little bit. He's actually real life friends with Brian Pillman Jr. So I am very much sure that he probably didn't tell him exactly what he was going to say, but he probably got along the lines of what he was going to say. So what, I, did, that's what, what did he say about his dad? Oh, he didn't. He didn't really say anything about his dad. Yeah, he no. he talked about he talked about the people that are are alive, and it's the fact that I think that if Melanie was still suffering and still with her problems, he wouldn't have said that. It's the fact that Melanie has a better relationship with Brian and is on the recovery path, which to me it makes well, it a little bit more okay. Well, it's been twenty five years. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, still, I think when you talk about a guy who's passed, I still think that's in bad taste. I well, he, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't he didn't do that. He only talked about the people that are alive. He called his um, Brian's sister 16 and pregnant. He said to, to Brian's um, aunt Linda that if she if she said anything to him, he'll punch her in the mouth. So he, he went he went to see, but that. But that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. But saying the MF are out. That's not that to me is not okay. I would have bleeped that anyway. Mm -hmm. And I know he's got to, he, he he's a heel. He's a heel twenty four seven. I get that. Yeah. But sometimes was, if these guys aren't reined in, it gets worse. Yeah, it was definitely a uh, a shock value for sure. Like there was a lot of people in the crowd was like, I can't believe he just said that. And that's yep. that's just F MJF talking. Like that is the most over the, the deal, line the he's ever is, gone. Yeah, but the deal is, it doesn't take any talent just to cuss and call people mfers. Well, it doesn't take it doesn't take any talent. But the sixteen and pregnant, yeah, that that's one thing you can get by with that. And hey, yeah, he didn't call anybody an mfer. 
He just thought, yeah. I thought, I, no, no, no. He. I thought you said it's what he no, said. Brian Brian's mother's name is Melanie, and he called Methanie. That was okay. that was it. He didn't say oh, like okay. or anything like that. So that's, that's what, what I'm saying. I understood you. You thought he's. I, I thought he said that. No, I misunderstood. Yeah. My apologies. No worries. Not really. <laughs> well, anyway, so it, it it sets up uh, the main event tonight: Pillman versus Caster. Thought it was a pretty good match. The crowd was exhausted, obviously. Uh, cool that Brian won with the the flying clothesline. Um, you know him showing up on uh, on on Wednesday in his dad's jersey. That was really cool for uh, for the hometown crowd. Um, the only thing we haven't talked about tonight, I know, is the only women's match that we saw in three hours tonight. Six woman tag. I thought Riho was the star. She of was great. Match. Absolutely incredible. Ruby gets the win. Uh, she's now beaten uh, Rebel and Hater. Kind of set up things. Now she's taken out both of the. Uh, of, of Brit's cronies tonight. It was great seeing Brit get to do her thing in person. Um, this was this was a nice little match, a little sloppy at times. Uh, I think Rebel missed a couple of spots in this one, but uh, again, Riho was the absolute star. Such a pleasure to see her back in the ring. She she's one of the more natural baby faces in that in the entire women's wrestling, honestly, because I mean, what she can do in the ring is just special for someone who's you know undersized in her ability but i i love that babyface team that babyface team was popping me the entire time chris statlander looked good ruby soho gets the win um yeah the the heel side i feel like jamie hater is one of like the best pickups that's kind of underrated for their women's division Britt baker of course is an absolute star but my only criticism is rebel is god awful in the ring and just keep her at ringside god awful she's not that She's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, hey, how, I, how big, how big is that stat line girl? She's a big girl. How big is she? Uh, I, I don't know, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I, I don't know her size measurements and, and, and weight. I'm not even going to guess. It's not polite. But she was bigger than other <laughs> Japanese girl. Uh, that is, yes, that is a fact. That is a stone cold uh, fact and part of the thing is like i think they know that rebel you know has her issues in the ring and that's why you know Britt baker will even say well we know rebel's not going to win this or <laughs> okay you might cost us the match so just stay in the corner and and Britt will play into those kind of things and she's yeah. really smart that what's what makes her so damn good uh on the ring uh or excuse me in the ring uh i do have to agree with saul here uh ruby since showing up she's been there for a week now she has been absolutely on fire. It is great to see her get a spotlight and get a chance to to show what we all know what she's been capable to do. That line from Britt Baker this week where she said you've spent the last four years in catering was just absolutely savage. That was good. That's the kind of stuff I want to see out of a heel Becky Lynch. Like I know Becky can roast people on the mic just as well as Britt can. And I'm not saying she needs to be a carbon copy of Britt. But I want to see more kind of stuff like that out of Becky once she gets her her confidence back in her because that was absolutely savage. Uh, it's going to be interesting what they do with uh, with Ruby, but I like to see how they're building her up because she's getting this title shot awfully quickly. Uh, but this is going to be a hell of a match whenever it goes down, Sid. I totally agree with that. And I think the only other segment we haven't uh, mentioned was the little promos from Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. And in like 45, 50 seconds, they got both of their characters down 
perfectly. So like I said, this was a very solid episode of uh, AEW Rampage. Any other week, it probably would have been better because it's one hour compared to two hours. Would have been better than SmackDown, but SmackDown put on their best show of the year. So this was a good a good three hours of professional wrestling overall, though. Dutch, any uh, any closing thoughts, any stories you want to tell or share with the audience this week? Well, I did before we talked for three hours and 15 minutes. I'm, I'm talked out now. So, <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm telling stories. I'm doing story time on Facebook where I will write a story and that's happened to me in the 50 years I've been in this business. Some of them are funny, some of them are sad, but it's real life and they're all true stories. I'm not making anything up. You can find me on Facebook. At just Dutch Mantel at Facebook and come over there and read some of my stuff. And uh, well, next week we'll try to get you to tell a couple of those uh, on the uh, on the air as well. And what he's saying is that Sports Keto Wrestling get this man another show, hire him for another day of the week, and he can have a whole nother show telling his stories. Like, come on, come on, just you know you want to just just get Dutch on a big chair like Santa. He can open up like this big like uh, fairy tale book and he can just start talking and reading. It'd be a little campfire next to him. Everything would be exactly. Be great. <laughs> hey, that's uh, a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, not not to end the show on a uh, on a down note, but uh, we here at uh, Sports Kita, uh, we we're asking you guys uh, to keep uh, one of our own uh, in your uh, your thoughts uh, and and prayers, if you would. Um, one of our uh, our writers, one of our uh, uh, our impact writers, uh, Greg Bush. He has been in the hospital for God, what is it? A couple of weeks now, uh, on a ventilator, uh, battling uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, he's he's making improvements. The virus is out of his system now, according to updates that we've been getting. But he's he's still in the ICU. Uh, he is he's fighting like hell. We're wishing the best for Greg. Uh, we're all thinking about you every day. Good sir. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be talking and uh, you know laughing it up in the chats and and everything. So uh, please uh, keep uh, keep Greg in your thoughts as uh, he um, he goes through this. This uh, it sucks. It's been it's been tough and uh, for for him his family I'm sure. So uh, we're all we're all hoping for the best for Greg. Uh, but it has been uh, almost 90 minutes. It's way past uh, Dutch's bedtime. Uh, so I think we are going to uh, wrap up another edition here of uh, of Smack Talk here on the uh, Sports Kita Wrestling YouTube channel. We'll be back next week. Got two more shows to break down, 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Sid, real quick, they can catch your show tomorrow where? On the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time with special guest Jarrett Bailey of Sports Illustrated. So go over there, nice. True Heel Heat subscribe to the youtube channel thank you guys it's been great as always thank you rick thank you dutch thank you we all need to get some sleep now yes everybody enjoy a weekend with nfl football baby we'll talk to you next week <laughs>